Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. bit of a departure schedule wise today we're gonna have open lines the first half hour and then uh, dean cox will join me the second half hour of the andy griffin show today so uh, get your fingers ready if you want to dial in and got something on your mind six seven three five eight nine zero i feel like i need to apologize for not having a show yesterday it was a national holiday martin luther king day and uh we uh we, uh, again, uh, will have, uh, again, Dean Cox joining us at 9.30 instead of 9.10. Uh, we did take the day off. It's uh, Cherry Creek Radio actually does not have a ton of vacation uh, days uh, during the year. We don't take uh, Columbus Day and some of those others. But we do take Martin Luther King Day or Civil Rights Day, if you want to call it that. And uh, so we, uh, again, didn't, didn't have a show yesterday. Uh, I got a, a little bit of much-needed rest. I had uh, assisted my wife in a minor medical procedure. Uh, b- by assisted, I mean I was the chauffeur. <laughs> I was, that was about it uh, because they don't let you go in places anymore. And uh, so uh, that's it's just the way things are, and it's a modern world of ours, uh, I suppose. So uh, anyway, yeah, six seven three five eight nine zero is the phone number. Uh, again, Dean Cox from the county will join me in the second half hour. A couple of items on the agenda for Dean, and we're going to talk about uh, two things. Uh, number one, the uh, northern corridor was approved, and we'll talk about uh, where it's going to be, why it's going to be, how it's going to be, and how long it's going to be uh, before it's ready. And then uh, the, I, I don't know, I, it was on Facebook, but I didn't see it on a lot of news places, but the county fair was moved from August to April. And, uh, you know, at first at first glance, I was like, oh, that's cool, you know, because, cause, you know, it's so hot when it's in August. It's just, it's brutal. And uh, they moved it to April, and I thought, well, that's a good thing. And then I had a few people online say, are you kidding me? You, you can't have a fair that celebrates, uh, you know, the, the harvest in April. And so there were some folks that were pretty unhappy about all that. So we'll, we'll see... Uh, We'll see. We'll we'll talk about that with the county commissioner, and we'll talk about uh, what the impetus was, the the, the big motivator uh, to change it. Obviously, uh, I think it would be weather, uh, and and who was behind the change, and whether or not the fair in April is a good idea or not. I th- I think personally, I think it's a good idea, but I don't grow things <laughs> except hair. <laughs> <laughs> and so we'll, we'll see about that. Uh, anyway, we're talking about that in the second half hour. First half hour, boy, I, I found this letter. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the whole thing about the Dixie name, and I don't want to, I, I hate to go over it again. We talked about it a lot on Friday, but, but I, I've, this letter uh, popped up this weekend. And uh, I was thinking to myself, you know, uh, you can have a radio guy spout off about it or a couple of local business owners or whatever, uh, even a former mayor. And you're, you're still going to get the the academic elite say, well, we still know better than you because we're smarter than you are. We get, we get that a lot, right? They don't say that out loud, but that's, that's what's behind their eyes. Some of those. Uh, and then you get, you're looking for a little validity from somebody with some clout, somebody with some, a uh, little academic prowess of their own, somebody who's been successful, uh, and, uh, makes you feel a little bit better about the side you're on. Uh, have you heard of Nolan Archibald? 
Nolan Archibald was the chairman, president, and CEO of the Black & Decker Corporation for 24 years. Executive chairman of the board as well with Stanley Black & Decker, Inc. Uh, and uh, he wrote a letter to the legislature. It was actually back uh, about two and a half weeks ago when the, the ruling first came out by the board of trustees that they should drop the Dixie name. And I'm not going to read you the whole letter because it's probably 3,000 words long. But, but just some things you should know about this letter. First of all, it comes from a guy who uh, graduated from Dixie Junior College, was highly successful as an athlete, as a uh, businessman, as a student. We'll talk about that in a second. And as, uh, as a, a human in life. And uh, you talk about needing a little clout behind your cause. This guy brings the clout. Again, Nolan Archibald, former CEO for a couple of decades, the Black & Decker Corporation, and then the executive chairman of the board for when Black & Decker merged with Stanley. Uh, so we're talking about a big-time company, a guy who made probably millions of dollars, and a guy who does not want Dixie to drop the name. Uh, here's what he said, and like I said, I'll just read a couple of excerpts. He said, I'd like to add my voice to the thousands of Dixie graduated and local St. George residents who oppose changing the name of Dixie State University. First, let me tell you a little about me and my background. And then he goes on to talk about uh, he was from Ogden, came down, uh, didn't make his ba- high school basketball team, but uh, went on a mission, and when he was on his mission, had a companion who played for Dixie College at the time, and uh, he was playing pretty well with and against this guy. And so uh, this guy calls uh, the coach at the time and says uh, at Dixie and says, hey, can you, uh, you got any room, Coach Allred? This was Doug Allred at the time was the coach uh, on your team for this guy. And uh, so Bob Holt was the name of the guy that recommended him. And based on Bob Holt's uh, recommendation, Allred gave him a partial scholarship to play basketball. Ended up starting on a Dixie College basketball team his freshman year that won the conference championship. Didn't make it to Hutchinson, but went pretty far. Uh, Between his freshman and sophomore year, he was heavily recruited by his hometown Weber State University and Coach Dick Mata. There's another legendary coach, Dick Mata. So Coach Allred, Coach Mata, uh, they pushed him. They said, you will start right now. You come to Weber, you will start right now. And uh, anyway, long story short, Uh, Archibald said, you know, I just love Dixie State. I've loved my experience here. I love Coach Allred. I'm going to stay in St. George for one more year. It was junior college at the time. That's the longest you can stay is the two-year deal. So he stayed, and lo and behold, uh, they won the conference again, won the regional playoffs, went on to the national championship tournament. Didn't win the championship, but he got enough exposure nationally that he ended up receiving scholarships from 50 major universities, including Arizona, Oklahoma State, Utah, BYU, Utah State. He ended up going back to his hometown and playing for Dick Mata at Weber State. And it was the very first time Weber State ever made it into the NCAA tournament behind guard Nolan Archibald. And that was back when the tournament was only 32 teams instead of 64 teams. So this is a pretty, pretty big deal. Uh, got invited to play pro ball. Never really panned out, and in fact, he had uh, his eye on bigger things anyway. Uh, he joined Black & Decker in 85 as president and chief operating officer. 
this was after he got invited and went to Harvard Business School. Now, remember, started at little old junior college, Dixie College, playing some basketball, went to from Dixie to Weber State, which at the time was not real big, uh, and then got got offered to go to Harvard Business School and excelled there. Long story short, uh, Archibald uh, has a, an impeccable, an unimpeachable resume. This guy is the real deal. Uh, he's been at the highest highs that you can prob- pro- probably get in the business world in, uh, in the United States of America. Uh, as uh, uh, He was, became friends with Tony and Joyce Burns uh, of Burns Arena. You know that one? The people that gave money to help build the basketball arena at Dixie. And uh, anyway, uh, Tony and, and, uh, and uh, Nolan Archibald became good friends uh, over the years. And this is what Tony and Nolan combined to say. Um, Tony and Joyce also believe that it is an overreaction to the cancel culture and political correctness to which everyone is reacting. Tony and Joyce have been some of the most generous donors to Dixie over a long period of time. The Burns Arena bears their name. They have also contributed generously to over 50 scholarships for minorities and students in need. And then speaking again, this is Nolan. It says, Tony and I have spoken at Dixie's commencement exercises and we have both been inducted into Dixie's Hall of Fame. We both love Dixie, and we are proud graduates of this outstanding institution. If the name Dixie is dropped, Tony and I strongly believe it will have a more negative impact on the university than a positive one and will also significantly affect the financial contributions of many, many people. That's not a threat, folks. That's someone talking with their heart. That's someone saying, look, you want to do this thing, just keep in mind that your actions, as reactionary as they are, as cancel woke, cancel woke culture as they are, your actions have a long-term effect on a lot of people, literally thousands and thousands and thousands of people who uh, lived in St. George, grew up in St. George, went to Dixie College, went to Dixie State College, went to Dixie State University, and they're saying, no, we don't want this. And uh, we're willing to put our money where our mouth is or take our money away. If you have a thought, a reaction on this is 673-5890. I like what they said when they said um, that um, it will have a more negative impact on the university than a positive one if you change the name. It's basically Nolan Archibald is saying, look, if you drop that name, you are basically acknowledging that that name is racist, and we've been racist, and we've had all these issues all uh, year long. By the way, I, 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 Allison, I don't. Allison is here producing. I don't know if they fixed the phone lines yet, uh, so uh, that may be why we're not getting phone calls. I know we had some issues with phones earlier this morning, and Info West was. It was uh, actually a, a, a network problem, not our problem. So yeah. I don't know if you want to maybe try to maybe yeah. use your cell phone to see if you can call in or see because I'm not sure that they're working right now because I know there are a couple of people that uh, have texted me. Hey, if you want your voice heard and we don't get these phones fixed, you can always email me. It's a griffin g r i f f i n a griffin at cherrycreekmedia.com. You can also text our vo- our uh, text line here at KDXU. That is four three five four six seven. 
435-467-5842. That's our text line, 435-467-5842. And our email, yeah, the phones are, phone lines are not working right now. So, uh, But our email is, uh, my email is agriffin at cherrycreekmedia.com. I apologize that the phone lines are down. And, and again, it's not a Cherry Creek problem. This time it's uh, uh, InfoWest has had to, apparently they had some, a software update. They had to run through. Uh, they thought it was going to happen faster. It didn't, and it's uh, it's bled into today. So we do not have phone lines right now. But again, if you want to email me, a Griffin at CherryCreekMedia.com, and uh, you can also go uh, text us at our text line four three five four six seven five eight four two. Allison, kind of a bummer. We don't have phone lines working. Huh? Yeah, yeah. You get a busy signal. So yeah, I apologize, folks. Uh, that uh, was uh, definitely not our. Uh, intention, but uh, we will uh, soldier on. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention was this big forum that's happening on Thursday. Now, I wanted to come in armed with the idea that, uh, all right, the, we should all pack the house. But in these times of COVID-19, I don't know if they're going to let us pack the house. Now, here, here's the forum. It's called Discussing the Dixie Name Change. And uh, it is this Thursday from 12 to 1 on the Eccles main stage right there on the campus of DSU. Listen to these panelists. Troy Blanchard, Dr. Jordan Sharp. He is the vice president in charge of marketing and communications at DSU. He's been very, I think he's been very eloquent in stating his case about why uh, Dixie should change the name. I don't agree with him, but he's, uh, uh, you know, he's been very eloquent with it. Tim Anderson, who is a local attorney and a part of this DSU Defending Southwestern Utah Heritage Coalition. Uh, Penny Mills is the student body president at DSU. She was on the board of, you know, that, that voted to change the name. And uh, William Christensen, Ph.D. and business professor at Dixie State, uh, also the faculty senate president. So there you go. There's a list of the panel. It is, again, Thursday at noon. Uh, it says, please arrive early. There is limited seating available. Students have priority seating. Masks and face coverings are required. So, again, uh, that forum, forum is Thursday. Uh, Allison, do you think they'll let us in? I think they will for us because we're media, but <laughs> I'm I, hoping anyway because I'd like to cover that. We better go uh, plenty early. Yeah. I guess take a sack lunch. I don't know. That's right during the lunch hour, but Ooh, uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure something. Set up a tent. Actually, our lunch hour is like 10 a.m. Right. <laughs> because we're here so early. <laughs> Definitely. But, uh, yeah, uh, moderated by Vince Brown. I'm not sure. Do, do you know who Vince Brown is? I don't. I don't. I don't, know. I don't know who that is either, but um, should be should be an interesting uh, hour. Yeah, very. Um, I, one of the... Uh, where did I hear that? Was it one of your stories this morning? Yeah, it was one of the stories you read in the news this morning. Talked about how uh, we have had controversial issues uh, in this in the past, and uh, and we've been able to come to a peaceful, uh, not resolution, but a peaceful kind of a, a mutual respect. Uh, do you think there will be fireworks on Thursday? I do, actually. I think there's going to be. I think it will be respectful, but I think it's going to get heated. Mm. 
respectfully mm-hmm. heated? Is that a thing? <laughs> I think so. I, I know, you know, just reading that letter from Nolan Archibald, that, that's, that's very much the attitude of a lot of people. And I know there are going to be some people there from DSU, HC, and other, other organizations that are very, very passionate about this topic, Allie. So it mm-hmm. should, uh, should be fascinating. Yes. The other thing, of course, going on, I hate to move on, but the other thing going on is the city council. Uh, today is meeting at three o'clock and they're going to decide who the next mayor is, but it might take a while because there are how many candidates? 23. 23 candidates. You think about that. It's like, wait a minute. That's, that's a lot of candidates. Um, It's going to take a minute. Even if they all got, you know, I think you said, or somebody said, well, they get one minute each, but I think, you know, when you get up to the microphone, you set up, then you start and then they start the timer and then you finish and you have to go sit down and the next person comes. Mm-hmm. I figure it's about at least three minutes each. Probably so. Yeah. Transition wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus they have to ask the question. I mean, so if you start doing the math on 23 and, and let's allow a lot, say four minutes for transitions and question asking and stuff like that. Uh, that's a, that's a, that's 92 minutes, which wow. is an hour and a half. That's minimum. And then they have to cut it. I, I assume you said uh, in the story you read this morning, they're going to cut yeah. it down to two. Yes. And I'm assuming they're going to maybe give the, those two a, a little bit more interview, maybe perhaps or a little bit longer time. I don't know. Yeah, maybe call them back or, or something. I'm not sure. So on that one. Okay. Well, that that's going to be fascinating. That's three o'clock today. Uh, it is the city council chambers. Uh, I would not recommend you go to that just because mm-hmm. uh, very limited seating. Number one and number yeah. two, uh, it's going to be long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, take your seat pad if you are going. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but it is going to be virtual, so we'll be able to watch it, yeah. to watch the proceedings online. So uh, actually, both events that we've talked about here are going to be virtual events. So uh, we'll have an opportunity to uh, maybe not participate, but at least observe what's going to happen uh, sure. if you can't get actually get to the event. And then, uh, gee, that one thing is tomorrow, that inauguration thing. That's that one kind, thing? It's kind of a big deal yeah, as well. Yeah, a little bit. So, man, tons going on, and uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Yes. So. Exciting times right now. All right. Again, if you want to email me, it's a griffin at cherrycreekmedia dot com. And if you will, uh, if you would like to text, our text line is four three five four six seven five eight four two. That's our text line. We will take a break when we come back. Uh, Dean Cox from the Washington County Commission is going to join me in studio here at KDX when we uh, hopefully get those phone lines fixed eventually. Otherwise, we're going to step aside for just a moment. Welcome back again to Apologies, a call-in show without telephones. That's kind of what we're dealing with today. So phone lines aren't working. Uh, sorry about that. If you would like to have your voice heard, we do have uh, email, agriffin at cherrycreekmedia.com, or you can reach me on the text line at 435-467-5842. And I did get a text from Vardell. Vardell says each candidate gets three minutes to sell themselves, not just one minute. Thank you, Vardell. I appreciate that clarification as uh, today again three o'clock city council meets and all the candidates all 23 of them will get a chance to try to uh, say why they should be our next mayor my guest uh, this half hour is dean cox from the washington county commission dean how you doing good morning andy it's uh, a beautiful tuesday morning and 
Uh, kind of overcast, but a little bit, it's yeah. been so dry. I'm really looking forward to this little batch of moisture coming in this weekend. I, I noticed you didn't put your name in for mayor. Yeah, I thought real hard of it. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> it, uh, it looked like they've got some really great choices to pick from. They do. It's uh, You know, I felt like when it, when it was first announced it was going to happen, I felt like Jimmy Hughes had a really leg up because he's a senior council member. He he was uh, already had, had said he was going to run for mayor in November. And then the list came, and there are some incredibly qualified candidates, including former Mayor Dan MacArthur. Yes, I had a chance to... Uh, Go through and review each and every one of them, and, and I was so impressed. I told my wife yesterday that as I read those letters, uh, so many of those individuals expressed a desire to give back to the community and to serve. And so I want to express how appreciative and thankful I am for the opportunity that I've been given. Uh, it's a, a terrific and awesome responsibility, but uh, it is really a great honor to serve the citizens of this county. Oh, we appreciate your service. And uh, I know you have managed to uh, soldier on, I guess would be the word, words, uh, through some pretty serious health problems. And you and I were actually talking a little bit about another health issue that we have in common, and that's a, a spine issues, back issues. And uh, we kind of look like zombies when we first get up after sitting or laying for a little bit. Yep. Uh, <laughs> laying, laying in bed or, or sitting, it's just... Seems like you have to walk and get all the creaks out and, mm-hmm. and get things moving. Yeah, you, but, saw, uh, you saw me get up a minute ago. He's like, hey, that looks familiar. <laughs> yeah, I could sure relate to that. And uh, just a little update on, on my uh, health situation. Yeah. I'm still, still doing really well. Oh, uh, the type of cancer I have is not curable, but it's treatable. And I've responded well to the treatment and... Uh, it's uh, it just as I read about the progress that's being made and the new technologies, especially that target the immune system, that actually go out uh, as hunter killers, so to say, to look for the cell that's bad and take it out and leave all of the rest of them alone. It uh, is really promising because traditionally you either poisoned. Right. Burned or cut. Chemo, cancer, uh-huh. or surgery. Yep. That's correct. And, and so coming up with a, a new tool is just going to be awesome, and it's going to be valuable for all kinds of cancer treatments. That's so good to hear, Dean. And, uh, you know, maybe we're not very far away. from. We're really close. Uh, reality. Yeah. Some are doing clinical trials. That is, that is awesome to hear. Now, uh, speaking of uh, clinical trials, the uh, vaccine is out and about. Uh, folks are taking their turns. Have you, uh, you are definitely would be one of the high-risk categories. Have you had a chance yet to get your vaccine? I haven't yet. Okay. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it, and I uh, certainly will avail myself of the vaccine when that opportunity comes my way. Awesome. Uh, hopefully soon. My, I think my dad, who is 86, is signed up for next week. And, uh, and and I don't mind waiting. You know, there have been a lot of people, oh, it's not fair. Why do we have to wait? We're younger. And I don't mind waiting at all. I think, you know, let's get those that are high, the, the highest In the risk. highest risk. Let's get those taken care of for yeah, sure. And, and this has really been uh, an interesting week that we've just completed, Andy. We talked about that just a little bit uh, before the show. When... Uh, the uh, Habitat Conservation Plan expired in February of 2016. 
we had started working at a renewal for that, and uh, it's been a long progress, but we've we've achieved that renewal, and that is the the result of a lot of uh, effort by very many parties, and mm-hmm. I applaud all of them that participated. What does that What does that mean for us, the every everyday person, Dean? What it allows is uh, all of the land that's below 4,000 feet in elevation, mm-hmm. and that's a large portion of the county, is potential tortoise habitat. And so by setting aside uh, land for the protection of the tortoise, we gain the right to utilize and develop those private lands that are ha- uh, suitable tortoise habitat, lands below 4,000 feet. And so it is huge for property rights and, and people who want to build a home or a business or move in. Uh, without the HCP, they wouldn't be able to do that. Hmm. Okay. And, and, and is that related? How does that affect the Northern Corridor? Well, the Northern Corridor is another interesting topic. Uh, I've worked for the county for a long time. I, I hate to admit how long I've worked. It <laughs> will be 30 years this Ooh. November. You're too young for that, Dean. But uh, I sat there and watched and worked with the county commission as they worked on a bill called the Washington County Lands Bill. And the Washington County Lands Bill created 129,000 acres of new wilderness, and it also created two huge natural conservation areas. We call those NCAs. One overlies much of the uh, tortoise habitat north of St. George, mm-hmm. and the other is out on the west slope of the Beaver Dam Mountains. Okay. The uh, county supported the lands bill, and it was signed into law by uh, President Obama in March of 2009. One of the elements of that bill that the county pushed for was the ability to have a northern corridor. Mm -hmm. And so in that same bill that creates the NCA, it directed the BLM to come up with the travel management plan after consulting with the city of St. George and Washington County with one or more alternatives for a northern corridor. Uh, Unfortunately, when that travel management plan was signed in uh, December of 2016, it did not allow for a northern corridor. And I I really felt that uh, a directive uh, from Congress to the Department of Interior wasn't followed. And we, in good conscience, created the NCA. I thought we should have had that route. And I became a county commissioner in January of 2017. Mm Mm-hmm. And I took it as my personal charge. Your man on a mission. To to develop relationships with BLM and Fish and Wildlife. All of these appointees uh, in office at that time had been appointed by President Obama. And uh, I showed them the legislation. They saw the problem. We had a lot of hurdles to work through. Mm -hmm. But in in the end, uh, they saw the merit of allowing 58 acres of the northern corridor to be offset by an additional 6,800 acres 
south of uh, Santa Clara and west of Bloomington. And so it's a huge win. It's a win for the county and its residents. Uh, it's a win for the tortoise. The, the two populations are separate. Uh, you won't get a common fire in both areas, and so uh, that gives additional layer of protection. And when the road is built, it will uh, give a lot of protection to our communities, Middleton and Washington, and allow easier access to fight fires on the reserve. Awesome. Can you so have they determined exactly where the northern corridor starts and ends? Yes. Uh, now I say exactly. That may, maybe <laughs> is not quite right. Relatively, but, uh, yeah. we applied for and received a 500 foot right of way that will uh, go from uh, Red Cliffs Parkway, the Red Hills Parkway, where it makes the curve to start dropping down into St. George. It will start there and uh, work its way over to the Washington Parkway uh, over in Washington. And so that segment uh, is about three and a half miles, and altogether I think it's 4.8 with uh, the Washington Parkway. Uh, it's going to keep a lot of traffic that would otherwise have to be on St. George Boulevard. It'll uh, give alternative routes to Santa Clara and St. George and Ivinson areas up 18. Okay, so uh, where, did, where, where is it going to come out then, uh, what did you say? Where, if, if you were driving Red Hills Parkway, okay, uh, just right here off of 18, mm -hmm. uh, you'd go about a mile, and the road takes a nice, gentle right turn Jock. of 90 degrees, and that terminus would be right there where that 90-degree turn is that, that starts pointing you down into St. George. I just found a map of it online, by the way, probably linked to your your website, I'm guessing. But, Could be. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it kind of, if you want to go online and look, all I did was uh, search Northern Corridor St. George, and uh, several options popped up for me to take a look at it. So if you're having a hard time visualizing it in your mind, you can cheat a little bit and go get an actual picture of it. Yeah. And, talk you know, about and it. One of the things that we did differently, and, and I just need to uh, thank our, our stakeholder partners, uh, Sitla uh, made available uh, about 3,500 acres of their land to be included in the reserve. Uh, UDOT agreed to uh, build the road and put in the application for it. Uh, the Department of Natural Resources uh, uh, worked hard with us uh, and uh, the Division of Wildlife Resources uh, to, to work up plans and things that would make this a uh, viable plan. But this offset was really the game changer. And uh, we did this in full compliance with NEPA. That stands for the National Environmental Policy Act. And so there was no legislation. This was just done following the book. In fact, we had to amend uh, the BLM's uh, travel management or resource management plan that was signed in December of 2016 that excluded the Northern Corridor. It had to be amended as well. Uh, and so there was a lot of work went into it. Yeah, for sure. And, and uh, a lot of people that put in a lot of hours to try to make, make that. This it's just, yeah, the, uh, 
cost of preparing the uh, the document that we had to submit was in excess of eight million dollars. Wow. So. Uh, do you have a timeline now? Now that we've got pretty much a green light, is there a timeline? Well, not not an exact one. Okay. To uh, get the right of way, we had to engineer it to a thirty percent standard, and so before anything could be built, it would have to be fully engineered and approved mm-hmm. by the BLM. Okay. And then there's so this other little catch point. We have a yellow light right now. It's not green. Yeah, kind of. That legislature has to actually allocate funding to build the road. Oh. And it could cost as much as $125 million. Wow, that's a lot of money. And so uh, a few things have to happen. But uh, at least now we've got our HCP, and we very openly and transparently uh, included the Northern Corridor so that we wouldn't be subject to. Uh, the comments that we received on the first HCP that that we were silent about a northern corridor. In this process, we were very open, very transparent. I don't know when it will be built, but it's allowed. It's allowed. All right. Northern corridor. It's a, a green and a half light, or a half, a, three-fourths of the way to green light for the northern <laughs> corridor. Okay, uh, Dean Cox is my guest from the Washington County Commission. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But we also want to talk about the fair, moving the county fair to April and what that means. Yeah, it's exciting. Exciting stuff. That's not very far away, actually, folks. It's about three months from right now. And uh, so we'll talk with uh, Dean uh, about that and more. If you'll hold on for a second, Dean, appreciate that. Again, apologize about the phone lines. Uh, we've got a critical update going on through our phone line system right now. Uh, if you want to uh, be a part of the show, I will take emails. I've got a couple that uh, we're going to get to here in a couple of minutes. Uh, also, the text line. My email is agriffin at cherrycreekmedia.com, and the uh, text line is 435-467-5842. Feel free to text into the show. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, right now, I want to thank Joe Shoney. Joe Shoney is a loan consultant. Uh, he's been serving Utah, Southern Utah for more than 25 years with New American Funding. Uh, Joe is a loan officer and a guy that focuses on the customer, on you, on the person trying to get a loan. He'll explain why, who, what, when, where, all those things, and he'll do it uh, to your satisfaction. If you want to hear from him every single day, you'll hear from him every single day. Uh, otherwise, again, Joe Shoney is a guy that uh, just wants to make sure that there are no surprises, that you get a prize all way along the all along the way on what's going on with your loan. It's Joe Shoney. The phone number is 435-590-6300. A phenomenal 4.92 out of five stars with more than 500 reviews online. That's good, folks. Welcome back. Andy Griffin's show with Dean Conks, County Commissioner today. Dean, how you doing? Just doing great, Andy. I <laughs> appreciate you coming on. Uh, I'm going to put you on. Well, you can comment if you want, but I got a couple of texts. I I promised folks I would read them. We were talking earlier in the show about the uh, Dixie name change and the big thing that's coming up on Thursday. I got a couple of uh, poignant ones. Uh, First one, why is it? Let me turn the music down. Why is it always the smart people, in quotes, by the the way, who try to impose their smarts on the rest of us and prove that they have less sense than a sheep? You're a racist because we deem this or that to show you that uh, to show you that you are. You're careless of society because you don't believe us about a cloth mask that you can smell perfume while wearing. But believe us when we say microscopic viruses don't make it through. Interesting take there. And then uh, actually a uh, uh, let's see where to go. Uh, This is a 
someone that doesn't have a problem with the name change. He says, I've been in Southern Utah since 82, graduated from Dixie JC, worked at Dixie State, and I do not have a problem with changing the name. I think Red Cliffs University would be a great name or University of Western Utah. Both of those reflect the area and define us without losing our legacy. He goes on to say that the Trailblazer name is uh, is, is uh, a good one, uh, referring to the pioneers, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, some interesting takes. I think it's going to be an interesting little forum on Thursday, Dean. Yes, I do too. It's uh, <laughs> And I'm happy to see that they're going to have that forum and, and yeah. let that be publicly uh, discussed and the pros and cons of it. Those of us who grew up here, we totally relate with uh, – the heritage of where the Dixie name came from, that there was never slavery here, nope. but we did do a cotton experiment. And, uh, and so there are strong feelings each way because, unfortunately, we, I guess we don't have the, the ability to define what Dixie means outside of this area. But in this area and in the state of Utah, I think we have a really good understanding of, of what that means. And so I think those are the two forces that... Uh, we're going to play out right there. One more. This is an email from Lance. He said, Dixie State is caught right in the middle of the cancel culture. Some have passed judgment on the Dixie name and the Dixie Cotton Pioneer Mission and have found it not worthy of today's elite standards. The next wave is coming. In trying to protect a pristine university name, do you allow the student body to cancel diplomas as well? Interesting take there. Yeah, it's just more of that, more of that discussion. And I think if you really look at it... Uh, the feelings are very heartfelt and sincere uh, on both sides of the issue. Uh, I'm just thankful that uh, the county commission is not actually involved in uh, that uh, name change. But uh, <laughs> you wanna, I, you I want to stay out of that one. Is that what you're well, saying? We're going to keep our heads low. But I, I did vote to keep the name on the Dixie Center. So I recognize and appreciate uh, what the folks here feel and think. And, and I, I'm gathering a better appreciation of what the others do as well. Got a couple of uh, texts that are aimed at you. You ready for some questions? You bet. All right. Uh, let's see. Please ask Commissioner Cox why the document submitted for Northern Corridor would cost $8 million. Seems very exorbitant, doesn't it? It uh, is very expensive. Uh, if they knew what the process uh, of complying with the National Environmental Policy Act. We have to actually study several routes and uh, takes a lot of uh, legal time and uh, a lot of that's contracted. Uh, Washington County, by the way, only paid a small portion of that. Uh, UDOT, the applicant, picked up uh, the lion's share of that cost. But it is an expensive uh, environmental impact statement, and I believe that is because of the care that was required to uh, construct and design a road and a right-of-way that would uh, protect and preserve the tortoise and at the same time meet the transportation needs of a growing county. And so it it was complex. It's a, a road in an NCA. It's never happened before. All right, one more. This one a little more specific. What do we have to do to get a restroom at the top of Snow Canyon Trail? People are going on the side of the trail. You know, uh, I'm, glad, I'm happy to hear that. The county doesn't have any direct jurisdiction over the state park, okay. but we do have a wonderful working relationship, and uh, we meet with them on a regular basis and have been able to uh, collaboratively come up with several improvements in terms of rest 
restrooms and parking areas. And so I know the the northern uh, edge is uh, I, I'm just forgetting the name of that parking lot. It, it begins with a G, but uh, anyway, they have just put restrooms there. And so uh, hopefully if they knew where they were at, uh, it would be easier, but you can't put them everywhere. But we have made progress. One more. Uh, after we change, the Dix, uh, change Dixie, how soon before we change Washington County's name? Will that ever happen, Dean? Well, you know, it's an interesting uh, mind extrapolation that <laughs> uh, Washington did on slaves. Uh, I've read about Washington. I respect and admire him. Uh, he freed his slaves upon his death. But uh, And I've actually uh, been to Washington's... Uh, home and it was so interesting to uh, see how he lived and how he took care of his slaves but slaves were slaves and uh, I think that is what is so unique about the United States is we have the capacity of correcting a wrong and and a major wrong was done there Uh, a slave was only three-fifths of a person back then in in terms of counting people for representation, it took uh, five slaves to equal three people. Wow. And uh, it just wasn't right. And, of course, that led to a civil war uh, because we wanted to correct that right, or that wrong, excuse me. And we did. We did. And, and I, I just... I still have, I, you know, and, and I've said it before on the show, Dean, I still have a hard time feeling guilty for something that I didn't do. You know, and, and people, you know, being accused of being a racist, how do you know I'm a racist? How do you know anything about me? You know, yeah. you don't. And, and so that's why I have a problem with some of these movements, including the BLM. And, it's, and not the BLM we've been talking about. The, I understand. The other BLM. Uh, is, I just feel like, quit telling me what I think. I, I don't like that. So, anyway. Yeah, uh, it, I, I, I see merit on both sides of the argument. But uh, when people automatically make assumptions and stereotype us, uh, because of uh, who we are, it is actually almost as egregious as when we look at them and if we were were to attempt to stereotype them as well. And we just need to get away from that, away from that. And as Martin Luther King said, judge people by the content of their heart mm. and not by the color of their skin. Yeah, very well said, uh, definitely. Uh, we only got about uh, two minutes left or so, Dean. I wanted to mention the uh, county fair, April 14th through 17th. You're like, wait, 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 the county fair is in April? Yes, it is now. It's going to take some uh, real advertising to get that word out. Mm-hmm. But we did uh, several polls, Andy, and you probably remember them. And the, sure. the number one comment every time Too hot. was August, the weather well, you can always count on it being hot. Yeah. Half the time you can count on it being windy. And then you get thunderstorms about a third of the time. And uh, so people with displays and things like that, it's just really, really difficult to plan and execute a good fair in August because that's a season that we get our monsoonal moisture oftentimes, and uh, it's really hot. And so this move to April I think is going to be ideal. It took a lot more legwork than people would think to actually move the date of a fair. You have to come up uh, and work that out with the carnival companies. And they typically have circuits where they 
just moved from fair to fair to fair around right. the country. And so uh, getting everybody to rearrange their schedules took quite a bit of legwork. But I think we're going to have uh, wonderful weather in April. I recognize that April can be a little bit indifferent as well. But I think it will be better than August by far. Do you know what has been done to, I mean, the, the fair is typically you've got your harvest and you've got your, you know, the vegetable awards and the fruit awards and you've got the animals that, that have grown. What has been done to address those, those problems? Do you know? Well, it used to be, Andy, that historically you had to be a winner to uh, put so your entry into the state fair. Right. And the state fair has dropped that requirement. So oh, okay. people will still be able to do that wonderful harvest work and animal husbandry and still participate in the state fair with their uh, excellent product. Again, the fair, Washington County Fair, is now in April, April 14th through 17th. That's, what, about three months from, from right now. i got a new carnival company. There's going to be a parade and kickoff party. I'm sure it will be a big part of the parade here at KDXU. Uh, contest, uh, petting zoo, food. The, the Demolition Derby is back. Of course it is. We, and maybe I remember I covered the Demolition Derby a couple of years ago, and they had to clear the stands because a thunderstorm came through, and they didn't want everybody getting electrocuted. So Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Dean, we're out of time. Uh, the fair in April and uh, the Northern Corridor, so far, a green light. Yes, thank you, Andy. Been an honor. Thank you. He's Dean Cox, County Commissioner. I'm Andy Griffin. Back tomorrow, I've got a special author guest on tomorrow to talk about what to do about this new year.